All right, got you back. Round two. All right, you did. You sound good. Let's see if Jay come in here. Oh, uh, man. What's going on? Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> hey, I, I'm going to I'm gonna actually try to be, like, professional and start it. So uh, I don't know how long this app's going to uh, act up or whatever. So bear with me on uh, on these. You got all, all the questions and everything. I'm going to start. Okay. Welcome, everybody, to my third episode of Bridge to Reality Podcast. Three purposes for this podcast is to keep it simple. Uh, I want it to be informative, embracing debate. Uh, we need this type of platform, platform in our society. And uh, thirdly, I wanted to discuss issues in society that affect our communities and grow, live, and learn in America. Today we have, uh, I am Javier Smith, former basketball player, Robert Morris University. Sorry about that. Uh, I'm going to start over. <laughs> right, catch on the right thing. Okay. Uh, welcome, everybody. It's the third, third episode of Bridge to Reality. Three purposes. Keep it simple. Uh, embrace debate. And to talk about issues in society. I am your host, Javier Smith, former college basketball player, Robert Morris University, former coach, high school athletic director, and currently serving in the student academic office at Winthrop University. Today, we have Jason Wells, former college basketball player at Indiana State University, played professionally in 12 different countries, a former head of skills development for Larry Hughes Basketball Academy. Currently, a workshop facilitator for teams and organizations focused on personal leadership and team development. And also, finally, last but not least, we have Jermaine Gay, trainer and director of youth basketball programs for the National Basketball Academy, director of NBA Youth Basketball Summer Camps, featuring well-known player NBA players. So today I have uh, these gentlemen and today, uh, they are currently coaching and uh, training of our youth basketball players. So my first question for, uh, I think I'll start with uh, Jason, and then we'll go to Fane. What is your advice to youth parents or guardians kind of researching to get the, the right sports trainer for their child? Yeah, uh, first off, man, I appreciate having having me on the show. Uh, Coach Gay, what's up, man? Um, yeah, so as far as parents that's, you know, looking for development for their young people, my my two biggest, biggest things, and, and speaking as a parent myself, uh, when we're talking about on the court, I want to be with someone or looking for someone that's going to be focused on teaching my young guys the fundamentals of the game um, you know the three of us have all played and coached at a high level and the thing that I feel like that's being lost in the youth game today especially on the development side are fundamentals and so you know we live in a world full of highlights where you know we were when we were 11 and 12 13 years old we were watching whole games and these kids now are watching highlights thinking that that's the way that the game is and so uh, looking for a trainer or a developer that's going to focus on those fundamentals and then build their way up as their skills progress is going to be the first thing. And then the other thing, and I don't even know if I would necessarily call it the second thing, but the other thing would definitely be 
someone who can find a way to incorporate off-court development just as much. Again, the three of us being at the levels that we've been at, uh, you know, recognize that you, however much time you spend on the court, you spend more time off the court. And so those days of, of college coaches recruiting the guy that can play that's a jerk off the court, you know, those days are pretty much over with. You know, you got to be just as much a high character guy off the court um, as you are on the court, as you are a, a great player on the court. So those would be the two things that I would look for as a parent. And uh, those are the two things that I do my best to bring as a skill developer or a trainer in the, in the youth, in the youth space. Jermaine. Uh, I kind of agree with everything he said. I hate seeing trainers, you know, working on 15 dribble combo. Moves. <laughs> hate it. Hate it. Uh, my thing is game related drills. Um, I want to see you work with my kid on, on fundamentals. Like Jason said, be very fundamentally sound. And I want you to be very professional. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's a big thing for me now that I'm on this side as a parent. I want you, when you say you're going to be somewhere, I want you to be there. You know, uh, I want you to work on my son. I want you to treat it, treat my son like you would treat it if LeBron James was coming to the gym. Mm-hmm. You know? If, if I say, hey, you know, he really struggled with this last week, you want to get this many shots up, you know, I, all right, I want you to, see, I want to see some progression. Uh, I'm not, I'm realistic. You know, I know, you know, I think a lot of parents need to start being realistic as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's another topic. Another topic. <laughs> um, but, you know, professionalism and fundamentals. That's my big thing. That's my big thing. Like, be professional. And work my son on the fundamentals. That's that's my biggest thing. Well, I think I want to to wrap that up, and I'll go into the second question. I think one thing that Jason talked about, you guys talked about, is the development off the court. And I know Jason kind of talked about the character and things like that, which are great. I think one thing that's missing is we kids don't get homework to as far as fundamental to take home to work on. Like mm. if you go to a, a session. And a, and a trainer teaches you something they have to understand that that during that session is not where you're going to get better you have to take those skills and develop exactly. them every single day and when Jermaine talked about 15 combo moves it just it frustrates me so much because I feel like when we were kids growing up it was so simple like you got to work on your left hand and that's what we worked on for the entire month or two you know every single day we didn't work on all these different things. I just the kids have so much to develop. I think at the youth level, they've got to keep it simple. Uh, my second question is, <laughs> and I know this is probably I'm, I, I, I know this is tough for you guys, but what do you guys think about the state? Uh, what I mean is, like, do you think basketball training is in a good place as far as skill development? I know you guys talked a little bit. What can we do? I, I would I would point this out. What can we do better? as far as skilled developers on the basketball level? Like, what can they do? Like, I want you guys to preach to them a little bit. Go ahead, Jay. You start off, bro. <laughs> uh, if I'm preaching simplicity. Yeah. Simplicity. I Like, I'm, I always talk to our kids about scoring off the triple threat. It might not be sexy. It's not like you're not going to see a lot of highlight tapes of guys jab stepping and stuff like that. 
you know, but when you get into high school, it helps our defense. Mm. I tell guys, keep it simple. I want to play everything off the triple threat. Uh, that, that's my best. Keep it simple. Mm. You know, I, it might not be great, might not be sexy, but it's going to get results. Mm-hmm. And results lead to more clients. Mm-hmm. And then, Jace, before you step in, do you think that the basketball trainers are trying to like impress people with all these different things? That yes. They're trying to do? Like, yes. Like, why? I don't yes. understand why they're not keeping it simple. What? What's your thoughts on that? Why? why? Uh, because it's, it's kids. The younger kids want to go through the legs, between the back, spin move, hesitation. They want you put that on social media. They think it's cool. You get more clients. Mm. Okay. So they're they're trying, and from a business side, I get it, but it doesn't translate. When you get to my level, my level is just high school, AU, and junior college. When you get to junior college, it doesn't work. Mm. So guys who are trying to play Division One, Division Two, definitely not working. Right. Nah, I, I same man. I feel like Harv, you put this thing together because you knew we was gonna both all be on here backing <laughs> up what you what you wanted to say. You got us out here <laughs> as a scapegoat. Uh, <laughs> nah, but but truly, it's you know it's the way that it's the way the way that we believe, and you know the good thing for me, and I can already tell from Jermaine, it's it's what you truly believe in. So. You know, this isn't something to where we're faking the funk or we feel like we got to, you know, say what needs, you know, what sounds good. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say exactly the same thing. I feel like right now, I feel like right now, man, the, the focus is fancy. I, I tell I tell my kids all the time, we're going to do fundamentals before fancy. You know, if you if you want to put it in a parental standpoint, we're going to eat dinner first before we have dessert. Like, you know, I know hey, we ain't about to have chocolate chip cookies and ice cream and cake before we put down the main course meal and and that's what I meant with the fundamentals um you know going back to your question about why do trainers seem to focus on that because right now I feel like it's more entertainment than it is education mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and you know again a kid is going a kid has always been a kid when we were kids that's what we wanted to do too we wanted to do what MJ was doing we wanted to do what magic was doing you know so nothing's changed with that. And again, I go back to what I do feel like has changed is we were watching the whole game. They're watching highlights. Mm. So all they see is Steph shooting from 35 feet. They don't see what Steph did to get to that point from, from time in the gym or the play that set it up or how he got open. They don't see all that. They just see the ball going through the net from 35 feet and think they can do it. Um, you know, I, I'll finish with this. I had a workout not long ago with, uh, he was an older middle school kid, eighth grade kid, you know, pretty decent skill set. And the dad came up to me after the hour, hour, 15 minutes. And he was like, you know, coach, man, that was a real good workout, man. But, you know, we want to do some of the stuff that got you where you got to. <laughs> And I, I just like stopped and kind of looked at him like we did. We just did some of the stuff that got the ball, you know. <laughs> right, like, right. And and it's and it, it, the the crazy part about it now is just as much as we talking about the kids want to be entertained, the parents want to be entertained too because mm-hmm. now they got access to YouTube and all this other stuff where you got these dudes doing you know, 15 dribble combos and into a step back floater. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and when you're not doing that. 
then all of a sudden you come across like you don't know what you're talking about when they don't understand that the reality of that is that's that's not real like that's and you know it, it helps i know gilbert had something where he said something a while ago like you know he worked on the Dwayne way step back for a whole summer and never shot it in a game like until you get guys at that level saying it like that mm-hmm. i feel like that's gonna be where we at because we got right now we got a bunch of guys trying to teach the game that don't know the game yeah and I think, and, and and it's funny you say that. And I and I, you know, shout out to. I don't want to. I don't want to disrespect any of those guys out there. That you know, there's some great coaches out there that have never played the game before, and they have a high IQ level. They put in probably a lot more work than us as guys that played before. Because I wouldn't know uh, how you can teach something that you've never done before. That, I mean, right. I think that's special. I mean, right. I think that's unbelievable. But I, I you know, and don't. And I want people out there to understand when they hear this. That, I mean, these are the reason why I wanted these two guys on is because they are on the front lines of training. Like they, they train every single day for a living. So the, the information that you're getting from them is something that you really have to take to heart because fundamentals start at the foundation of everything you do. And if you don't have those basic fundamentals and that and your trainer is not teaching those things, you have to look elsewhere. You have to move on. Uh, so my next, my next. Harv, let me let, can, let me let me throw in let me throw in forty five seconds. Just like, like I feel like the big thing. Yes, I played for a coach in college that didn't play at a high level. There are great coaches. You look across even the NBA now, and even the coaches that did play in the NBA, they weren't superstars. They were role players. So I'm a firm believer that you don't have to have played the game at a high level to coach it or teach it at a high level. Mm-hmm. Um, but but. The thing that is getting lost is, at least for the three of us on this phone, I feel like the way that we the way that we got to where we got to is a bit different too. Like we didn't get there because we were the most talented dudes in the gym. We got there because we worked our butts off. And so, you know, it's a difference between being that guy. You know, we we all grew up with Rube, and Rube we knew Rube was gonna be Rube from the time he was in the seventh and eighth grade. You know what I'm saying? None of us were that dude. You know, we wasn't six, seven, six, eight when we was in high school and, and just dominating everything. So I think the way that we approach teaching the game also stems from how we played the game and learned the games ourselves. Yeah, and I and I and I'm gonna move on because we'll be on that subject for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I think my, my 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 next question comes down to something I heard from from you, Jason, on one of your uh one of your talks on online is that it, it, how do you feel about players playing too many games and too many teams I think you you pointed out something that is very extraordinary to me is that you know they the, the kids today play 10 times more than we play we yeah. we did a lot of unstructured stuff you know playing in the neighborhood and stuff and I know it's hard now to do it because of you know a lot of situations but talk to me about do you feel like there's too many teams and then and players playing too many games at this point yeah Without a doubt. <laughs> Without a doubt. I, I talked to a guy the other day. He was talking about how his team went 73-9 and nine last year. He was coaching a bunch of third graders. Wow. Yeah. You got you got, you got got nine-year-old kids playing 82 games over the summertime. Come on, man. Uh, you know, and even from – even at an older age, I talked to a guy the other day, a high school kid, and I asked him what high school he went to, and he said he didn't make his high school team, but his, this is the AAU team he plays for, which basically means he wasn't good enough to make his high school team, 
but we all know that it's the AAU team for everybody because everybody and their uncle can start a team and, and put together seven or eight guys on the team to where the kids that wouldn't, wouldn't normally make a team or play anywhere else can run up and down the court. So, um, you know, that that's a whole nother thing. My thing with the games is when we were young, and, and I'm not big on, you know, we need to go back to how it was when we were young. But when we were young, we had a dedicated offseason. AAU isn't, it wasn't what it is now. And so there was time where we just played. And when I mean played, I'm talking about without a coach in the gym, without referees, without people telling us what to do. And so we got to a point where we learned how to play the game, whether that be with cats that was five, six, seven years older than us better than us, bigger than us, stronger than us. Like, we learned how to play the game without being told what to do. These kids, now we talk about basketball IQ being so low, it's because everything that they do, they're being told what to do. And so when it comes to a situation where they have to think, they don't know how, because they ain't never had to. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why Coach Coach, uh, Coach uh, G lost his voice this weekend. So you want to just jump <laughs> in and, and talk about talk about coaching at this point you got too too many teams too many too oh, many games wait well I tell you, it's way too many teams way too many I just I was in Philly last weekend there is there's probably a hundred teams in the 16 U division I mean the way we walked through pool play was it was some teams out there I know it was some guys who didn't make their high school teams. Right. So we didn't. But then we got to the, the Sweet 16, we, we had some battles. But it was some early round games where I was looking. I was like, this is this is sad. This is sad. So it's way too many. AU used to be for elite guys. Not anymore. Like Jason said, I mean, if you got a dad that want to coach and a couple friends, make a team. Or if you can cut a check, you can make a team. Well, it's definitely way too many teams. Games, I, I I agree wholeheartedly. Guys, everything they do now is structured. It's on wood. It's, it's with a coach. Uh, even open gym. I see a lot of coaches coaching up in open gym. They aren't. They don't learn how to fail. Like we failed, and then we had to sit there and watch older guys play for thirty minutes. Mm. So now 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 you hate losing. Now you get back mm. on. And at AAU, I see a lot of kids, man, oh, we lost. We play again at two. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's like it's sting a little bit, but it's different when you about to play. Hey, we got three more games. When you at the park or at open gym, man, we got to sit three games. That's a, that's a different sting. So you 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 compete a little bit harder, I think. Um, and I'm an AAU coach. Love AAU. Mm-hmm. But it's a difference. When you always getting coached and when you learn how to fail on your own, like you said, they're instructed to do everything. And that's got to be exhausting for a coach to, there's a lot of things that you would hope that players, you know, when they get to the high school level, they already know. And if you're, if you're having to spend that energy to talk to them about different situation and build their IQ up, that could be a, a, a little stressful. But I, and I, and I, and I understand, like, I, I, I am for basketball teams. I, I don't want, I don't want to, I want to make sure I, I, I let everybody understand. I think basketball and sports kept me from everything that was negative in my community, period. So I know 
I know the teams are needed, but I think what Jason and Coach G is saying is that we, I think we have to be able to put elite players in elite leagues. And then if you're, if you're a recreational type player, I think you should be staying local and playing in these different leagues. I don't know if they're, if it's possible <laughs> to, to structure something like that, but I think, you know, the, the YMCA's and the, you know, the local recreation centers can do a better job. Maybe, maybe everybody's going on the road to play AU. I think Coach G, you can probably express that. But if they can create those local situations where kids can just be able to just play and compete against each other, I think that would help be helpful. So, and and speaking on that, who do you guys think should be? And I know this is a tough question. Who do you think should control? the skill development of youth basketball players like who should take the like who should take the kind of the mantle either youth sports high school or college like what what organization should come and try to you know kind of get this thing back under control in your opinion Ooh, if they if it can't even happen just you know just press maybe some ideas of possibly something happening I don't, I'm not sure go ahead coach that's a good one I've never thought about it like that. Um, I'm thinking. I'm honestly, it's a good question. But I don't think it can happen. <laughs> honestly, I don't think any one group, like USA Basketball mm. is trying yep. to do that. <laughs> um, but everybody isn't under one system. But USA Basketball is trying. Like They're trying to get, I know all AU coaches have to go through this licensing. You got to go through, watch all these videos. And they got skill development stuff and coaching practices, but they aren't in practice. You can watch. They aren't. They aren't right. there in practice right. with the coaches. Right. So I don't know how much they can really do, but they're trying. So it's it's like USA basketballs and can, they're trying to hold youth, college, high school, everybody accountable. That's just a tough call. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and that's what what came to my mind too. Is USA Basketball is is putting a, a, a starting to lay some pavement as trying to you know kind of be that body to do it. But man, it's it's too many tentacles to this octopus. There's no way that you're gonna be able to touch everything. Like you said, you can have some type of certification on the top side, but once you start getting into you know, what these one million teams are doing in their individual practices, man, yeah, there's, there's no way that you can keep a hand on that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think it's a good start. I think, you know, the junior NBA is making a, a good start as far as the, the younger athletes are going as well, uh, trying to have some structure behind it. You know, Harvey, you, you mentioned you mentioned the things that junior high coaches should be teaching so when they get to high school, um, I call this one of the realest conversations I ever had, man. When I was when I was doing the Nike stuff a couple years ago, uh, and especially when I was in the directorial role of actually leading what we were doing on the court, I had a conversation with Coach Self, and I asked him, I said, Coach, you know, in this position that I'm in, like I know I only got these guys for you know three or four days or five or six days, depending on which event we were at. I know I only got him for this short amount of time, but me being the guy that's basically in charge of getting them better for you, how can I best serve you? 
And fellas, he looked me dead square in my eyes and he said, I'm gonna keep it PG-13. But he said, teach them, teach them the stuff that they should know when they get to me. That way, when they get to me, I can teach them my stuff. <laughs> and not yeah, the stuff that they should true. already know. Mm-hmm. That's true. You, mm-hmm. You're talking about, you, you talking about Bill Self, fellas. You're talking about Big 12. You're talking about at this time winning 10, 11 Big 12 championships in a row. Guys going to the NBA. Like, you're, you're talking about one of the blue blood programs in our in our game. And this coach is saying, teach these kids the stuff that they should know when they get to me. Meaning that he knows that he's just getting a bunch of guys that can run fast and jump high. And, and, and haven't been necessarily taught the game. So when they get to him, even as these highly touted recruits, when they get to, them, to him, he's got to teach them how to play the game. Wow. That's, that's crazy. That's, and that's the elite. That's <laughs> and the this elite. is the elite. This the is one the elite. and done, guys, man. That's scary, man. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I, 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 you know, when you say that, I just think to myself, I'm like, it, you know, usually an elite athlete is probably going to get better coaching you, you see you know what I'm saying he's going to be he or she's going to be built up a little bit different than a guy that you know is not as good or, or doesn't have that much uh you know promotion or exposure to him but for an elite guy that's going to Kansas right and still has to learn how to play the game man that's scary oh man. that that's sounds scary. good I, I just watched the top 15 kid in the country no names but I just I just watched the top 15 kid in the country and I'm watching him, I'm like, man, he got a lot of stuff, <laughs> but he's going to struggle his freshman year. Right. No matter what school he's going to pick, right. he's going to struggle his freshman year because he don't, he just don't know how to play basketball. Wow. And I, All the time. It, it, it's, and, I and I'm going to put a name out there. I, you know, I, I was, I was uh, a part of Anton Grady's progression to Cleveland State, and then he went on to, to play at Wichita State. And I talked to him about <laughs> his transition from high school and he got pretty good coaching. I, I'm not going to be honest. He got mm-hmm. good coaching. His transition from from high school to Cleveland State, like he said to me, he said, man, I listened to you about the intensity that was involved with playing at that level, but I really didn't listen to you. Mm-hmm. If I can tell any, any student athlete in high school, when they transition, just understand that nothing – Nothing is easy. You're playing against the elite of the elite. This was at Cleveland State. I'm right. Sorry to say that. Right. Yeah. Playing at Cleveland yeah. State. Like you talking about playing at the Big 12 level. Right. You know how big of a transition that is. So if you're out there and you're a high school basketball player, man, just understand that you have to get with if it's not your high school coach, if it's not with your, your trainer, uh, they really have to teach you the game. And teach you the basics before you get to that level, because it's going to be eye eye opener for you. So be be prepared. Uh, my next question for you guys is: Is there like a source on like social media or somewhere where parents, you know, can kind of you know uh, research and try to find good trainers? Like, what would you recommend for them to do when they're going through that process? I'm, I'm gonna stick with USA Basketball, man, just because I know that they have you know. They're, they're making people that go through that site go through different regimens, different certifications. So the people, I don't know if you can actually find a trainer or a skill developer on there, but they, they're they going to continue this conversation that we're starting. 
So you, as a parent, you can definitely go on to USA Basketball and you can you can start to hear the questions that you should be asking. You know, they talk about the things that you should be looking for. So I would start there with anything because, you know, again, that's at least a, a start of starting at the highest level and then working its way down to, to, the, to the grassroots. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's a way you can go on there and find a trainer or look who is certified yeah. in your area. Oh, okay. I'm not sure how to do it, okay. but I, I know it's been discussed. I, I know it has. I, I, if I figure it out, I'll send you a link or something. Well, that's but, that's uh, great. That's, yeah, I, you know, I didn't even know about that. They were. I'm glad they're starting that. that that's unbelievable for parents to go basically go online and see who are certified trainers in their area and try to connect with that person. I mean, that's big. That's that's unbelievable. I think that's just a great, great uh, tool for those parents. Uh, my next question for you guys is what do you wish you have known uh, when you started out in training, personal training? What, what What's something that you hear? If there's, if, there a per- if there's a person listening to this podcast like, I want to get into basketball training. I know a little about basketball. I want to get into it. What would you tell that person? <laughs> we we both sitting over here laughing. Right. I feel like I feel like this might be the one where you drunk for sure get two different answers. Go ahead, coach. I'm gonna let you go because no, I, I know where I'm, mine coming from. It's a, it's so many different things, man. First of all, you better don't get in this for money. Mm-hmm. That's I tell all young tricks. Do this because you love the game. Mm-hmm. Do this because you really have a passion for teaching basketball. Because if you do it for money, there's gonna be some days you're like, man, he suck. I ain't going in that gym. Mm-hmm. And don't and don't think most of your clients aren't gonna be elite. If you're, I know in the Cleveland area, the elite kids don't don't want to train or don't want to pay. You know, mm-hmm. elite kids kind of do their own thing. There's always an uncle who knows more than you or somebody like that in our area, at least. Like, build yourself up with progression, <laughs> progress, progress. That's got to be the key. I always tell people, man, show progress, not perfection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're striving for progress. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's 15 other things I could probably think of, but I'm going to just leave it at that one. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I 100% agree. I mean, you know, it's the same thing again. Even going back to these kids at the Nike camps, and 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 not just to say Nike, it's it's any of these brands, any of these kids that have been touted as quote unquote elite. You know, those those are the ones that aren't. They they feel like they don't need to pay, and a lot of the reason of not paying is because somebody's willing to work with them just to work with them to say that they're working with them. Right, right. Right. Yep. You know what yep. I mean? So yep. and, and, and and again yep. I don't I don't wanna say pay as in pay is the the end all be all, but if you choose to get in this and, and this is how you paying your bills, I mean just like any other business, that's why you're doing it. And so, you know, people are always hesitant to have a conversation about money, but if this is a business, then that's what the conversation is about. And so I just had a young guy today literally ask me through my DM on Instagram, you know, coach. I want to get into into basketball training. Do you have any any tips? And my very first question back to him, Jermaine, I could not make this up, bro. My very first question back to him was, why do you want to do it? 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Because your answer, yep. your answer to that question is going to determine what I tell you next. Like, if you tell me, you know, I, I feel like it's an avenue for me to make some bread. I, yeah, that ain't good enough, dog. Because like you said, it's going to be plenty of days where you're going to walk in the gym and you got somebody that can pay you the money but ain't good at all and you don't want to be in the gym with them because you know that, you know, you either going to get to a point where you feel like you're stealing their money because you know they're not very good or you're just going to not want to be in there. So you got to get in there because you love the game. You love teaching the game. You love you love the, the development of, of people. Like, you got to get it. You got to have bigger reasons than money. And that's with anything, not just basketball. That's with anything. So, yeah, that you know, I got into it because I felt like it was an easy transition for me. I know that I didn't want to be a bench coach. So mm-hmm. I felt like it was a way for me to, to teach the things that I learned in the game without having to sit on the bench and do X's and O's and worry about substitutions and all that. And uh, and I want to – the one thing I don't know if people really caught this is, Coach Jay, you talked about progression. But you're when you say progress, you're talking about progression of the player. Like a player yes. comes in, you know, they're, they're not as talented. You have to – as a trainer, you have to worry about – how that individual player progresses in their skill development is that is that what you were saying right 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 some of my biggest wins have been kids who everybody everybody want to celebrate the kid that's going d1 Uh, most of those kids they had something in them when you started i had i got a kid who got cut as a 10th grader and made varsity and probably only played seven minutes all year come on but that was my biggest Absolutely. win, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like he, like his family, like I'm like family right. to him now because, <laughs> because just because that was he put in the work, he progressed so much. Like every time I see him walk in the gym, I get excited because I know how hard he's gonna work. So I'm gonna match his energy. Right. But but I'm he's not on nobody's radar. Nobody's gonna know all the work he put in. Like you gotta really have a passion when those kids come in the gym. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I and I and I think the next question kind of kind of falls into that. And I and I I have another question that you know I debate with uh, some of my former players that I competed against in high school. We we could we debate all the time about today's player, but I'm gonna save that for the end. My my next question is: What's your personal belief? I think we talked about this on the progression of how skills should be taught. Go ahead, Coach. You're going to keep pushing me first. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I'm talking. I go, I go, I go. I just feel like I'm talking. Um, you know, yeah, we touched on it hard. I mean, I, I don't know if it's a natural progression to say, you know, ball handling, shooting, you know, like that. Like, because... For me, all of those things play in. Like, for me, it's going to boil down to the fundamentals of each of those things. And so we're talking about ball handling. The fundamentals of ball handling, the first first for me, is being able to just control that thing stationary. Mm-hmm. And, and now the next progression, you know, talking about progression, the next progression is, okay, now I need to control it while I'm moving. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously you just go, you keep going. Okay, now I control it while I'm moving. Now I need to control it with, while I'm moving with some speed. You know what I mean? So now, you, you you know, you just keep moving up. If you're talking shooting, 
it's going to be, you know, I, again, using Steph Curry, everybody look at Steph because he's shooting, I saw a stat the other night, and he's shooting 38% from 35 feet. Like, first off, why are you taking that stat? And second, <laughs> and second off, like, that's absurd. But these young people, they see that, and they don't realize that to shoot from 35 feet, you got to be able to shoot from five feet. Yeah. So, you know, you got to have a progression. And if you if you shoot from 5, 10, 15, and then all of a sudden you start getting out to the three-point line, to the college three-point line, to the NBA three-point line, and your shot changing, you know, now we got to break it back down and work on those and go back to the basics, go back to the fundamentals that's going to that's gonna keep you going. The only difference between shooting from 5 feet and, and 35 feet, we all know this, is, is your lower body. But if you start getting to the point where you chucking the ball just to get it up there, then then that's a whole different game. So with me, the skills the skills don't necessarily matter, but it's gonna boil down to the fundamentals of each of those skills and, and starting off with the things that won't change and then adding the, the extra stuff. LeBron is LeBron not because he does all of this great stuff. He he is LeBron because he does the basics real, 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 real well. Mm-hmm. And now that allows him to be able to do the other things. Same with Kyrie, same with KD, same with any other superstar. Yeah. Agree, agree, agree. They just make it look easy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. it. But like, so like Jason says, really no, I don't have like a oh do this, this, this. But like I'll talk about shooting. Shooting, we're gonna start right at the basket. Yeah. Let me just work on your form. I don't care. I mean, you make. Let me just see you shoot the ball right. Shoot the ball right a hundred times at this spot. And now we can back up. So again, progression. Let's do this stuff. When he talked about ball handling, can you control the ball stationary ball handling? Can you go right hand pounds, left hand pounds, crossovers without any without any movement? Now let's take two dribbles going right crossover. So it's really no. I don't have like a standard, but you know, it's the same thing. Fundamentals. We don't, Work on all this fundamental stuff, and then we'll get to that next part. I, I, I and I, and this is gonna, you know, me, me and my wife fight about this all the time. You know, you guys laugh. Uh, I, <laughs> I am a huge uh, Steph Curry fan, uh, not because of his uh, his shooting ability and what he does from distance. I am I'm a firm believer that Steph Curry is the best player in our game today, and I know there's some debate on that. And the reason why I say that is because hey, my, my phone score. started breaking up, dog. My okay, phone I want to say that. Let me, let, me, let me say that one more time. <laughs> Steph Curry, no, is no, the no, best please don't, please basketball don't. player in the world. And the reason why I wanted to say that is because these two guys talked about three things: starting, finishing at the rim. He can do that. Finishing at 15 feet in, he can do that. Finishing at the three-point line, he can do that. You know what else he can do? He understands how to move without the ball, which is a lost art. He knows how to read screen. He knows how to dribble (laughs) consistently. His ball handling is phenomenal. But, you know, for another discussion. And because of that, he's able to extend his range because they can't defend those other things that we talked about, finish around the rim, 15 foot, whatever, off the screen, he can score in any, with the ball, without the ball, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so I'm going to move on. Uh, and my next question fits into that. How do you guys feel about the skill level of today's player? And when I say skill level, I mean their ability to shoot, pass, and dribble. Like, 
how how do you guys feel about that today? Because I I the reason why I bring the reason why I bring this up is is there should there be more emphasis on those bases? Because I feel like a lot of players are coming out, and me and Coach J, you know, me and Coach G always, you know, we 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 debate about this. You know, they are specialized, and I just don't think that's the right way to go. So, how do you guys feel about us? doing a better job of making sure they can shoot, pass, and dribble. See, I think there are a lot of guys who can shoot, pass, and dribble, but they don't know when to shoot, pass, mm, and dribble. That's yeah. Like, a lot, I, I see a lot of guys who 6'9", with better handles than I've seen guys back in the day. Uh, I see guys who can shoot, but have bad shot selection. Like, I mean, they shooting like 33s a game, and a lot of them are step backs. And, you know, you used to play inside out. Now you play three-point line in. Mm-hmm. So skill set, I don't – I think guys have good skill set, but we go back to that IQ we was talking about. I think that's where it comes into it. The guys just don't know when to use certain things. Mm-hmm. Man, that, that's um, <laughs> that's perfect. Um you know, I think it's easy for us. We're starting to we're we're at that age now where, you know, we know what we did and how we did what we did and how it's different from what's going on now. So we're at that age. But you know, I don't really I can't really say that, you know, they're less skilled or more skilled. I would say they're they're definitely more athletic than we were at that age and, yeah. and more physical than we were at that age. But yeah. I do think the biggest thing boils down to IQ. And I feel like the IQ has everything to do again with what we talked about earlier with just being situ- just being in situations where they are forced to think. You know, they're 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 told to do everything, either by a coach or by a parent yelling from the stand. And mm-hmm. the competition that they're playing against until they get to those final four games of a tournament or or deep into a tournament. They're dominating them. And so they don't have to tap into their their athletic bag or tap into their IQ bag because I'm just bigger, stronger, faster, better than you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I I don't have to tap into that. And so that's my deal. Like when I run into a kid that has that skill set, my my coaching to them, to him or her, or my development to him or her automatically goes into okay, yeah, you got this, but what's going to happen when you run into another kid that's got this too? Because at the end of the day, when you run into another kid that can run, jump, and and, and, and uh, shoot, or you run into that fundamental team that's taking a charge when you take off, like, now you got to be able to think the game. And, and you know, even in, the, even in the college game, I feel like that's where Virginia outplayed Texas Tech was because, you know, you, so you're talking about uh, they did a, a smarter every time the cover kid touched the ball he was pounding the ball into the floor trying to get to the rim and Virginia was shooting catch and shoot three mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it, it was a different it was a different and I, I tell you I it, it's to all the college coaches out there man I, I love college basketball but I, I I hate to say this it's very difficult to watch the game uh, and and you know, I think it comes down to, you know, there's a lot of different passing and uh, intricate offenses that are out there. But I think they 
colleges have to do a better job of, of not overcoaching uh, at this point. It's, they got to let guys play. And I know what you guys are probably saying. Well, they do have to overcoach because guys are, are not – their IQ is not high enough for them just to let them play. I get it. I understand that. But it just seems like when these guys are out there, they're probably thinking too much instead of just, you know, reading the game and just playing. Uh, and, you know, I know that's another discussion. Uh, for, for our time, uh, me, me, that, and, so. me and my lady, my lady, my lady played Division One and played overseas professionally for a couple of years, and we had this conversation yesterday about Donovan Mitchell. She yes. and she brought it up. She was like, "Dang, when I watch him play, you know, obviously he's a talent, but she's like, when I watch him play, I feel like he out there thinking too much." Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and when you think about it, he played for Coach P at Louisville. And he's playing in a very highly structured offense and defense in Utah. Like I like again, I don't want to get into the debates of this, but I would venture to say that he wouldn't necessarily be the player that we've made him to be to this point if he wasn't in Utah. Yeah. You put him in you put him in another system, I think he's a different player. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you brought up him because I I, I had no idea who he was when he was in college. So Louisville yeah. obviously uh, did a good job of, of defending him because yeah. I, I have absolutely no idea that he was going to be this type of talent coming into the NBA. I didn't see it. I've watched Louisville several times, and it, that's the kind of stuff that amazes me sometimes. I get it. You do need structure. I get it. I love structure. I came from running. Me and, me and, Co- and, me and Jason came from running the flex office. <laughs> I just want to make sure y'all understand like that, we we understand structure. We know what it's about. We played for Coach Saluco. If everybody probably don't know who he is, we we understand he held Earl Boykins to twelve points a game. He's okay? the best defender so, in the city. So, uh, so we, we understand it's part of it. But you gotta be. You have to have a sense of a coach that what your team that is capable of doing. If you just let him play, that's why a lot of people don't like Roy Williams. But I love the guy. And they say, you know, people say, oh, he's, he, he has all that talent and he, he don't do anything with it. But every time I watch him play, and I think Coach K is adjusting too, when they're getting these one-and-done guys, they're just putting simple offenses together and just let these guys play. That's why I like Villanova. Yeah. 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 Villanova. Yeah. Y'all got some simple concepts. Yeah. I heard you talk a couple of times. They got some simple concepts. But play basketball. Right. Play basketball. Right. I'm yeah. Even 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 Tony Bennett. Now you know, obviously they've been big on defense for the last six seven years. But these last couple years, I think his biggest adjustment has been okay. Yeah, we got our defensive principles, but I gotta I gotta go get some guys that can put the ball in the basket yep. as well. Yeah, yeah, yep. That's so true. Yeah, yeah. And and and, and like you said, I mean Texas Tech and Virginia for for myself. I mean, I'm going to sit down and watch that game. I'm a basketball purist, so I'm going to actually watch it. And it seems to me like you got to have one guy on your team that can go get the rock and get you a bucket. Yep. <laughs> He's just yep. like, I don't care what else you have. You got to have yep. one dude because they're going to take away everything. You guys know coaching at that level is just – I mean, they got seven coaches to do scouting reports. They're going to take away – all everybody knows everybody else's play. Hey, that's yeah. stuff that you know, and then it comes down to well, guys making plays. Yeah. And, and Jason, I want to bring up you. You described the guy in the NBA right now that doesn't have all those athletic 
uh, skills and all that athleticism. I just want to remind you, a guy named Steph Curry. All right. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> my last question is, uh, this is a good one. Is there too much focus on court development? And I know, Jason, you, you brought this up earlier on in our in our podcast. Is there too much focus on court development and not enough focus on off-court development? And I think that's important because, you know, when guys get to their senior year, Coach G, I mean, Coach Jaden understands this. When they get to their senior year and the recruiting started to heat up, a lot of the coaches at that level uh, are, are looking at, your social media, yep. they're going into your school, they're asking your principal, how's this guy? They're going into the teachers, the real schools that are doing real recruiting. Yeah. They're going yeah. back into your past. They're doing the homework. So what what would you say on that issue? Is it should we focus more on the off court stuff? Yes. <laughs> A resounding yes. 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 Uh I, I always say it start at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Start at home, first and foremost. Uh, that's first and foremost. It start at home, but everybody doesn't have that great home situation. True. So as coaches, we got to speak life into these kids. You see a kid slacking, like I'm, I'm all on my my teammates, my player social media page. Always, when they go live, I'm clicking on. Let's see what y'all talking about. They know, oh, Coach Maine done joined the live. Time to get off. Yo. <laughs> it's there forever. What y'all put on social media, it doesn't go away. Right. I just seen Joey Bosa just had to delete some stuff. I mean, Nick Bosa just deleted some stuff. About to be the number one pick in the NFL draft. Some stuff from when he was in high school. So I'm real big on their social media presence. Uh, squeaky clean. You're going to be a nerd if you play for me mm-hmm. on social media. You know, put up some pictures of some awards or something. We're going to keep it clean. And just being, how are, what are you going to do when the ball stops bouncing? What you going to do? Are you taking school serious? We, even at JUCO, we going into these kids' schools and we seeing that they missed 100-something days. Man, I can't recruit him. He don't like to go to school. He don't like to go to high school. Right. He definitely don't miss right. days Right, right. It's, it's only right. right. You know, but yeah, I think we I think we got to take a bigger look at that. And a lot of times these kids, the elite kids, the guys that's with them right now, once the ball stops bouncing, they won't answer their call. Wow. See it all too, see it, see it way too often. Mm. They won't answer their call. So they ain't spoke no life into this kid besides, oh, go get 10 rebounds. It's the only thing they done spoken to their life. So definitely we got to do a better job of that. Yeah, 1,000%. One, 1, I mean, that was the whole the whole point of me throwing that question in there was, <clears throat> and, you know, I, I've spoken about just my experiences with the, the, the quote-unquote elite side and you know, my thing to, to Nike was always, okay, we recognizing these young men as the elite 100 right now, but we all know that in two years, that elite 100 dwindles down. Like, you got somebody that wasn't in the elite 100 that's now in it, and you got some ones that you thought were going to be elite that are not anymore. You know, I, even out of that elite 100, you know, I tell people all the time, somebody got to go to Indiana State. Somebody got to go to Robert Morris. Not, er- not everybody going to go to, to Indiana. Not everybody going to go to, to Pitt. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to have somebody in there that's, that's going to these schools. And so, um, 
you know, a lot of the reason that I decided to take a major, major, major step back from being on the court was because a, I felt like the, the training game was getting too saturated and I didn't want to play that game uh, that we've been talking about for the whole hour about entertaining people over educating people. And then I just saw it as an opportunity for me to kind of find my own lane. Like, okay, I could still be involved with the development of young people, but I'm gonna let y'all have all these cones and, and ball handling skills. And I'm gonna go focus on what, what really matter because at the end of the day, the way I tell my kids and their parents is, I don't care whether it's high school varsity, I don't care whether somebody give you a scholarship or somebody give you some money. Like Jay just said, at some point the ball gonna stop. And mm-hmm. so now, now who are you? You know, I was blessed to be able to play for 13 years. I was 34 years old when I retired. 34 is, is old in athlete years, but barely getting started in, in years, years. You know what I'm saying? And it still took me five years to figure out and I consider myself to be one of the smart ones mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying because the, your, your identity gets wrapped up into and not just our sport but football or baseball or volleyball or whatever sport the longer you play that becomes your identity and then all of a sudden when that ain't your identity no more you don't know what to do Right, and right. and that's that's actually a big push. What I'm doing now, I, I got this this content that I'm calling "Launch Your Life," and that's the subtitle to it is identifying your identity beyond the game. And it's not catered towards basketball. It's not catered towards male, female. It's not even catered towards a certain age bracket. Like if if all you've ever done is play basketball, but you don't have the opportunity or the desire to play after high school, guess what? That ain't your identity no more. So now as you start to progress into the early part of your adult life, you got to figure out what your identity is when the ball ain't bouncing. So, yeah, man, I I just saw it as an opportunity for me to kind of dig into it a little bit differently. So I'm more than happy with it. Well, I want to thank you guys for your comments and uh, supporting the the, uh, podcast. We're going to continue to have these important conversations for people throughout the year to kind of help them uh, move forward. Please, uh, if you listen to this, share it. Uh, this is free content. It's, you know, nobody's getting paid for this, so we're kind of doing this on our own to try to help people out there. You know, we don't agree on all matters, but we still show love for it, and uh, we agree to disagree respectfully. Hey, uh, thanks, guys. God bless everybody, and uh, enjoy the rest of your week. Yes, sir. Yep. Appreciate you having me on. No problem. Peace.